Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 25, we got a good lineup for you. Had a UFC 257 and UFC Fight Island 8. We're first up going to be joined by one half of the co-main event of UFC 257 in Dan Hooker, who takes who welcomes Michael Chandler to the UFC. This should be a phenomenal fight. A really good one. Michael Chandler said he's the best lightweight in the world for some time, so we're really going to find out, is he that good or... Is he just fighting lesser competition in Bellator? This should be a great fight. Two amazing strikers. Chandler probably has a wrestling advantage, but man, this is going to be a great fight in the lead up to McGregor Poirier. Like, couldn't ask for a better fight as the co main. So, this should be a good one. We're then joined by the UFC Fight Island 8 headliner, Michael Kias, that I talked about his Wednesday. Yes, his card is on Wednesday, just in the lead up to the 257. They're doing a card on Wednesday. Michael Kiesa battles Neil Magny. We, I talked to Kiesa just about that fight, what this past year has been like. He hasn't been able to fight since last January and beat RDA and just the state of the welterweight division. He says the division's going to get moving. He's heard from some people in the UFC that th- this is a real focus for the UFC is they got to get this division moving. It, it was kind of stagnant last year. Uh, Kamaru Usman only had one title defense. After May, after like Gilbert Burns beat Tyron Woodley, like he didn't get a fight. Colby Covington only had one fight. Mazda only had one fight. Like it was really disappointing for uh, the division. So Kiesa talks about that and just w- what a matchup against uh, Magny is. So Magny's obviously a lot taller, a lot longer, good striking. Kiesa probably has a wrestling advantage. So that should be a good fight. And then we're next up going to be joined by Matt Frivola to preview his main card scrap on UFC 257 against Ahmed Azatar. This has the makings of a fight of the night or performance of the night. Both guys, finishers. Ahmed Azatar just. He just needs one punch. You can shut your lights out. Matt Vola has proven he has a solid chin. If he can drag this fight down to the later rounds, which he told me he thinks he's going to have a lot of success. He doesn't think Otman Azatar has a cardio to keep up in the second and third round with them. So if he can bring it into the late rounds, perhaps he goes out and finishes and takes Otman Azatar's O and just really gets a lot of momentum after that win. And finally, we're going to be joined by Roxanne Modafferi to preview her fight against Viviana Rujo on Wednesday. Roxanne Modafferi coming off a loss. She knows she... Er, Sorry, she's coming off the uh, win over Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee, so that was obviously a good fight. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Arujo is someone that had a lot of hype. Lost to Jessica, I kind of ruined some of that uh, stock. But if Arujo can go beat out Roxanne Modafferi, she's going to get another top ten girl. But Modafferi is always underrated. Uh, she's someone that doesn't get enough respect. We saw her get the upset win over Macy Barber. She has what it takes to pull off an upset here. She's a big underdog. She likes that. So this should be a really fun fight. But thank you all for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Be sure to share the show, subscribe, wherever you list your podcast. And thank you all for listening. And we're joined by UFC lightweight Dan Hooker, who's got a big fight. Dan, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Training hard, as usual. Eat, sleep, train, repeat. Uh, That seems to be the secret. Uh, Before we get into your fight, this is kind of a weird one. There was talk about what, like a report came out a month ago, you're fighting Chandler. Then it came out that they're trying to book Gaethje Chandler. And then Dana White says, oh, they were going going for Oliveira versus Chandler. Like, what has this been like for you? Uh, yeah, so I, like, I was approached about this fight. Um, I, I heard they were trying to make uh, Gaethje Chandler before I was approached about the fight. Then I was approached about the fight. Um, a while back, so I've been training. <laughs> I've been training for this fight for like six and a half weeks. So uh, yeah, it was pretty funny to hear Dana announce it um, with with Charles Oliveira's names. It's like, man, I've been I've already been training for this fight for for six weeks, and you're gonna take it from underneath me. So I was. Um, I'm just glad it's all it's all done. It's all signed, sealed, and uh, it's um, it's actually gonna happen. And. 
you were one of the few guys, the top lightweights, to call him out. What intrigued you so much? Why, like, why were you interested to call him out? Um, it's what it seems to be. It seems to be kind of my thing. It's what I do. <laughs> I'm not like I, I want to fight. I want to fight the best guys I compete um, and compete against the best guys. I think I feel like Chandler's one of the best guys. I feel like the hype behind him is definitely. Uh, Definitely warranted. You know, he's been keep competing at the top of the Bellator division, lightweight division for since, you know, very early on in his career. So I feel like that hype's warranted. Um, you know, and, and the UFC putting him in as the backup for the title fight shows how much stock um, stock they're putting on in, in him as well. So that's why I was excited for this fight. The, the fans are excited to see Michael Chandler. And the fans are excited to see him um, compete against one of the best guys in the division. So, um, oh man, I'm happy to uh, happy to answer that call. And you saw what they did to him. Immediate backup fighter gave him that giant promo on 254. Do you kind of feel like the UFC wants him to beat you because they've already invested so much money into him? Oh, that's probably why they were trying to get someone else to beat him. Um, <laughs> That's like like you can look at it one or two ways. That's just the way. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. You know, the, you know, stylistically, I feel like, like he said it himself, and and I feel like it's the same thing. I think he matches up great with uh, Gagey. I feel like he matches up great with a guy like uh, like Poirier as well. And I feel like it's a it's a good stylistic matchup for me. So yeah, Dana just spent. Uh, Boatloads of money to get this guy over to the to the UFC. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm just going to come out there and spoil the party for him. Uh, lately, Michael Chandler's been in a lot of stand up fights, but his background is wrestling. We obviously know how good your stand up is. Do you think he's going to shoot on you quite often? Ah, oh, he he mixes things up well. He he mixes things up real well. His uh, striking and his and his wrestling. Um, but yeah, it's it's one thing to say that it's it's a whole different thing um, to do that. Like just be like, oh yeah, I'll just I'll just take him down. Um, that's that's something I've been dealing with my entire career. Not even my my UFC career is is shorter guys trying to duck under me and try to take me down. You know, and I really feel like um, against those kind of fighters is where I do my best work and where I thrive. How do you see this fight playing out? Because this is like a fight of the night written all over it. Um, yeah, a couple, you know, can can play out a couple of ways, you know. But I feel like uh, there's some things that everyone understands is that he's he's gonna he's he comes he's game he he's gonna come to me he's gonna push the fight, and that's what I love. That's what I love. The hard the hard part is for me as a taller guy chasing after someone. So if he's gonna He's gonna come to me. He's gonna start shooting takedowns. That's um, that's playing right into my hand. You're known as a finisher, but past three fights have gone the distance. There been added pressure to snap that skin and, and get back with a knockout. Ah, oh, that's just um, everyone's a, everyone's a finisher. Everyone's a finisher on the come up. You know, it's um, when you start fighting the the top tier or the or the upper echelon of fighters where where the skill sets become uh, a lot more closely closely matched you know you, then you do find yourself um 
getting into decisions or things. But I feel like it, it's it's still there. Everything's still there. I've still got the old. I still got the old magic touch, and I feel like I can I can pull that out at um, against any fighter in the division. What do you think a win over Chandler does for you in this division? He's obviously not ranked. You're outside the top five, but like we talked about, he has a lot of hype. Former Bellator champ, beat guys like Eddie Alvarez. Like, what's a win do for you? Yeah, well, they put him in as the backup for the title fight. Um, I beat me beating him takes that spot that puts me right back in um, title contention. And you're obviously on a big card as well. What's it like to be the co-main to Connor Dustin? Yeah, that's that's an awesome fight. Like that's a that's a huge card. That's a huge card to kick off the year. Uh, fighting on any you know a Conor McGregor card is a you get a whole lot more eyes. So it's a massive opportunity for me to go out there and make a statement in, in front of a whole um, whole new base of fans. And there's been a lot of talk that Connor wants to stay active. You and Chandler are going to be on that same time for him. It is like doing a realistic scenario is you go out there impressive performance over Chandler. You could be fighting Connor next. Yeah, that's definitely an option. Like it's, it's the same thing. You know, I would be lying if I, if I said that, that wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't see that opportunity when I took this fight to be on the same card. Like, this fight, like, our fight is the backup for the main event. If one of those two guys get injured, Poirier or, or uh, McGregor, it's not like I wish that upon anyone, but this is a, it's a funny time. It's a funny sport. Anything can happen. And if that option um, became available to step in and, and do five rounds with either of those two guys, um, my, I got two hands, two hands sky high for that. Uh, are you surprised they haven't made Connor Dustin for the belt yet? Just because Habib seems retired, who knows if he's going to come back, and and that's kind of that perfect fight for the title. I feel like it should be for the title. I feel like it's still like a possibility that they'll 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 make that shift or make that switch. I feel like it it should be or um, look without a doubt, whoever wins that fight. Um, this next fight will be for the title. I feel like that fight should be for the title, but whoever wins that fight um, is the is the number one contender, hands down. I know the way City Kickboxing and all you guys like to do stuff is you all like to fight around the same time, but it seems like you're always missing out on that. Like you had to fight in June when they were all fighting in the fall. Are you a bit disappointed you can't share the card with some of your teammates? Oh man, for sure! Like that'll be cool. It makes things uh, it makes things a whole lot easier. Um, heading over there as a team and and going over as a unit. Um, but this is uh, this is a sport of opportunities. If opportunities present themselves to me, you have to you have to jump on these opportunities. You know what I mean? I can't um, I can't sit back and be like, oh no, sorry UFC, I can't take this fight because my team like it's uh. <laughs> You can't you can't pass opportunities up in this game. So it's just yeah, I've been out of I've been out of sync with the boys uh, for a while now. I've been fighting uh, <laughs> I've been fighting out of sync with them um, for a while. So you know things will happen. We'll end up back and fighting on the same cards um, one day. But it's just not it's just not meant to be at the moment. Uh, the UFC did you a bit better with the poster this time compared to your last one. Your face you're making for Poirier. Oh man, they did me. They did me right, dirty. They, I swear, that's not even. That's not even. A, I was trying to. Um, I would like try to redo that face. Like I can't even. I can't even do that face. So I'm like a hundred percent sure 
that they photoshopped that anyway. Like they photo, they like photoshop my eyebrow to look like that because I can't even honestly, I can't even do that face. And you're no stranger to call. It's like you called out Poirier, a win over Chandler puts you in a good spot. Do you have a couple names ready for you to call out? Ooh-wee! You know, you already know I do. You already know I got names, but as usual, those names will come. Uh, those names will come in my post fight interview. There's one thing I'm not is it's scared to say names or scared to call people out. So um, get the job done, shoot my shot, and uh, line myself up another fight. Finally, uh, only a three-round fight. How much do you think that's going to benefit you? Because past two, you've had to prepare for five. Oh, that's a whole different ball game. I'm, I'm excited to go out there and, and push a hard pace, push a higher pace. Like Chandler pushes a hard pace. Like uh, I'm excited to go out there and match that pace. You know, three rounds compared to those two five-rounders. That's... Um, yeah, like that's uh, that's some deep sea, that's some deep sea diving when you when you get into the five round fights. That's a whole different ball game. So um, yeah, I'm excited to go back to three, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit of a three round holiday. What do you take away from the Dustin Poirier fight? Because that was obviously your first one with no crowd, just entering this one. Yeah, oh, definitely like way less adrenaline, um, way less adrenaline coming into that one. Just, just with that no crowd, like no screaming fans, it's something you really got to adjust to. Because that's, that's, I found out that's something that I really thrive off, and that I really enjoy fighting in front of the fans. Um, so it's definitely factored into the next one. Um, maybe, maybe just uh, pump myself up a little bit more <laughs> before I go out. Is th- is there a bit of pressure just to get back into the wind column? Because you haven't lost two of your eyes, like, and since like basically like your second year, you're a pro or whatever. Yeah, oh man, like there's shows whenever I whenever I take a loss, I, I kind of it, it brings out the best in me. I feel like my back's up against the wall. Um, I just know I just know how cutthroat the sport is. You put two two fights, um, two losses back to back, and uh, you're 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 fighting. You're you're now fighting for your job. So I feel like I feel like that's the position I'm in. I feel like my back's against the wall, and but that that seems to bring out the best in me, and I'm excited to go out there and perform. Are you excited to be heading out to Fight Island? You weren't part of that first trip out there. A lot of your teammates did it. Or, or would you wish it was back in Vegas? No, I'm excited to go to Fight Island. So after the fight, we have to stay um, because of like New Zealand um, restrictions. We're not allowed back in the country for another for another month. So I'm spending a month after my fight in, in Fight Island. So it will be cool to get out there. Um, you know, UAE's... Dubai, Abu Dhabi, like they're they're um they're they're doing a good job with the COVID and they've got it under control. So I'm I'm excited to get out there and travel. You know, it's been it's been a long time between drinks for for traveling. So I'm excited. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that because I saw you mention that because I saw your tweet. Like, would you rather stay a month in Abu or Vegas? What are the coaches doing? Like, are you gonna? Are some of the coaches obviously can't go just because they have to work with other guys and they can't take a month away? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like for me, all up with the quarantine. Once I get back to New Zealand and, and leaving early to get to Fire Island, it's a it's a two months trip for this fight. So I'm um yeah, it's a it's a long time away. You know, if if they would, if my coach would have come me, they would have completely missed um Israel Desanya's fight. We have got another big fight here in New Zealand. Um, Junior Faz fighting uh, Joseph Parker. So I, I knew this full well 
coming into this fight. That's why uh, I feel like 99% of the the job is done in, in the preparation for this fight with my coaches back in New Zealand. So, man, I, I'm excited to go out there and, and um, compete at my best regardless. Are you a bit disappointed there's no other fights after you on Fight Island? Because I'm sure you could have weaseled your way into just watch some of those events live. Yeah, obviously that that'd be cool. But man, I, I've um I've passed through Abu Dhabi, but I've never spent like any solid amount of time there. So I'm I'm excited to get out there and and uh, spend some time there, explore, travel. Uh, it's something that very few people in the world are able to do at the moment. Someone I want to ask you about is one of the guys you used to, uh, fought was Gilbert Burns. What do you make of his rise up the welterweight division? Because that was something you fought a couple years ago, and now he moved to welterweight and looks like a completely different fighter. Yeah, no, he's doing well. You know, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like you fight someone and you you wish them bad. I wish him nothing but success after that fight. He was cool um, leading into that fight. He was cool after. He was super respectful after we had a we had a chat um, and and wish each other nothing but the best. So I, man, I'm excited to see him go out there and, and um, man, hopefully hopefully win the waterway title. I I've heard a lot of people. St- on Twitter say, oh, Dan needs to change his nickname because he's no longer choking people out. What do you make of all that? It's still there. It's still there. I don't feel like uh, I don't feel like that name's going uh, going anywhere anytime soon. Is that something you think is underrated part of your ground game? Because now everyone just views you as this striker and everyone kind of forgot about your ground game. Oh, it is what it is. Like if people if people want to forget about that, they can forget about it at, at their own peril. If you know what I mean. Like it's a, uh, probably the the sport. The scoring is is more dictated towards guys that um keep it like the fans. It's more dictated towards guys that keep it on the feet. If they wanted more grappling, they would extend um people's ability to fight on the ground. It's like gra- grappling takes time. It takes time to sit wear someone down. It takes time to set up submissions. And and it's just something that the rule set is not built around at the at the moment. You're gonna be fighting at like the middle of the night in Abu Dhabi early morning. How do you prepare for that? Oh man, we train we train morning till night um, back here in New Zealand anyway. So it's uh, I think it's not it's like fighting midday New Zealand time. So it's gonna be yeah, it won't affect us much at all. Like it it, it works out. Um, it works out pretty well, the time difference from New Zealand to Abu Dhabi. And just last thing, month-long uh, thing you got to do in Abu Dhabi. What, what are you going to be doing to pass the time besides catching up on all the beers you missed? <laughs> no, it look, like it looks good. There's a, there's a bunch of sites. There's old uh, Ferrari World, and there seems to be a, a fair bit to do. Uh, a fair bit to do there, and a, and a, and a few uh, sites to check out. And also, it's... It's it's not bad weather once we get there. It's not it's not the middle of uh, summer over there in the northern hemisphere. So we'll be uh, hotter than still hotter than New Zealand, but still um, still won't feel like we're we're dying in the middle of the desert. Well, Dan, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Nah, no trouble. All right, we're joined by UFC welterweight who's headlining a big show coming up. Michael Chiesa. Michael, how's it going? Going good. How are you, Cole? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for doing this first off. Uh, are you just quarantining in Vegas right now? Yeah, quarantining and drinking coffee and uh, getting ready to stay up for this flight. Um, super excited to partake in the, in the fight week during this pandemic. You know what I mean? Uh, I wanted to be able to say that throughout my career, I, I was able to at least get one in 
uh, during this time because it's just so weird, so backwards from like what I'm used to. And I think that's what makes it most interesting. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited to be in a fight week. It's just good to be back. Yeah, this is obviously a big fight against Neil Magny. I know you were pushing for someone in that top 10. Was this someone you wanted or was this just kind of who the UFC offered you? Uh, well, you know, Neil and I, we've called each other out a few times. We've, we've kind of eyed each other for a long time now. Um, but, you know, I was really gunning for a guy in the top five. I, you know, when I beat RDA, he was ranked five. I've been in the company a long time. You know, I, I was a top ranked lightweight for a long time. Um, you know, but this is this is the fight that makes sense now. I mean, the the landscape of the division when they booked the fight, this was the closest guy available to what I was looking for, and I was very prone to taking it because you know this is just a guy we've been we've been eyeing each other for a while for a reason. You know what I mean? I think it's gonna be a super exciting matchup. Very excited about the fight. He's he's a great guy. Neil's awesome, um, and we're gonna have a good fight. Those are the, you know when when guys have mutual respect for each other, I feel like there's a that's what makes the best fight. So. Super excited. Eight versus nine. Stoked. And the UFC originally put this fight on. All the talk was this was going to be the backup for the main event. Then the main event falls out. Was there any talk of you stepping in or Neil stepping in? Like, do you think you were going to lose your fight or you were going to be fighting Leon Edwards? Well, I thought I was going to lose the fight um, just because kind of when they booked it, I was under the pretense that uh, Neil, you know, something happens in this main event and uh, they're going to they're gonna book Neil in whoever falls out. So, Waking up to see the news that Chamaya was out of the fight, I was definitely thinking I lost the matchup. Um, but I, I, you know, I threw my name in the hat to be in the main event with Leon. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean? The guy's on a hot streak. A win over him could arguably put you in title contention. You know, arguably you could put you right in the front of the line for a title shot. So who wouldn't throw their name in the hat for that? But I think things worked out for the best. Um, this is a good. This is a good fight for the division. I think that the UFC one of their goals. Actually, I know this is one of their goals because I've talked to some of the higher-ups without naming any names. Um, they want to get this division moving this year. They want to get these rank- – they need. They want the guys in the rankings fighting each other. They want to get this division moving. It's so rich with talent. Um, so the movement's begun. I think this is going to be the year of the welterweights, and I'm very excited. I'm very blessed and thankful to be in a main event spot on Fight Island against a formidable opponent in Neil Magny. Yeah, and – this is going to be your first main event since that Kevin Lee fight. Is this a bit of redemption too, to just get back <laughs> and win the main event? Yeah, I definitely want to run it back in, in, in the main event spot. And, and the thing is, man, is I'd rather like win or lose fair and square. You know what I mean? Like if God forbid, Neil goes out and beats me on the 20th. If he beats me, if he finishes me, if it's a decision, whatever, as long as there's no intervention, by the official that is unjust you know what i mean so definitely excited for my opportunity to compete in a main event again and and just try to erase that you know i don't even really dwell on it too much like oh my first main event i had terrible officiating and you know i got screwed i don't really think about it too much but like once they booked the fight i was like all right this is my chance at redemption you know what i mean so not gonna let that happen again i'm not gonna let myself lose that fight i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure everything's in, in my favor um come fight night and neil magny's one of the taller guys in the division huge reach like he has a i think it was a four and a half reach advantage like how big is that just having to be able to close the distance because that is a big one where he, his style a lot of the times a lot of people just hit that jab and don't let them get inside yeah it's yeah it's tough to deal with you know i won't know until i get in there with him but you know a lot of my teammates are around my height and you know if, if it wasn't if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic i would have been 
jumping at the gun to fly in training partners and travel places and do things of that sort. But I haven't had COVID. My coach hasn't had COVID. Um, none of my, neither my corner man have had it. And I just didn't want to run that risk, man. It's like, uh, as much as I would have liked to go, just go get whoever I got to get to Spokane or go travel wherever I have to go to find that right look for Neil. I wanted to do it, but it just did. I don't, especially now it's like, if I got COVID and lost the fight with Neil, I'm losing the main event. You know what I mean? So, um, I did make one trip down to Arizona and I did get some looks from some tall guys. So actually one of the guys was taller than Neil actually. And another guy right before I left, I forgot, I forgot about this guy, Jake, that we, that we had come in from a part of Washington, but got some good looks in the standup. I got a lot of tall guys I trained with in jujitsu. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not concerned. You know what I mean? I'm not concerned at all. And I, and, I mean, he might be the tallest guy, but I'm really clicking on his heels. I mean, you haven't seen me, since I've gone up to 170, I'm as big as the next guy. You know what I mean? So uh, he still has to deal with my big frame as well. So it's going to be a fun fight. And your last fight, I think, surprised a lot of people because entering that was how really good was Michael at 170. And you really dominate RDA. Like that pace you put on, is that something you're going to look to put on Neil? Because I think that surprised a lot of people how like you never got tired after that three minutes. You looked like you could go that full five in that fight. Yeah, I definitely could have. I mean, and the crazy thing about the RDA fight is people don't realize I had a very compromised training camp. I broke my nose two weeks in. I couldn't, for the last six weeks, no sparring, no grappling, no rolling, no wrestling, no live training, you know. And uh, so, sorry, that was my coach just barking <laughs> on me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, no live training. So, and I was able to go put that kind of pace on the guy, um, you know. I'm excited to show what I can do with a real full training camp behind me. A real since I haven't had a full good training camp since the Diego Sanchez fight. And you saw what happened there. I pitched two 10-8 rounds. Am I expecting to do that against Neil Magny? Probably not. I mean, this guy's as durable and as tough as they come. And uh, I would be a fool to think that that my gas tank's better than a guy that lives in Denver and he's a cardio fighter. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that he can outpace me. That doesn't mean he's gonna wear me down. That doesn't mean he's gonna break me. Um, I'll fight him accordingly and I, and I will address his skills and I will address his strengths the way they need to be addressed. And, uh, it's going to end with me getting my hand raised. Even if I got to walk through the fire, it's gonna be a tough fight, but I, I feel like I have the tools to get the job done. And Neil's fought a lot of grapplers. Like he fought an RDA, he fought a Damian Meyer. Those are some of the fights you've been looking at just to see how he dealt with them. Cause that, those fights were a long time ago though. No, I do not at all. And I would be a fool to do that. I would be, it'd be very foolish of me to go back and look at his performances against, guys that he lost to. And I think it, it, that would be stupid. You know what I mean? I got to, what I'm looking at is a guy who's on a three fight win streak who fought three times last year and is rolling. That's those, those I'm looking at the fights that he's winning those fights. I would be a fool to look back on those losses of his and try to give them how use them to have me get some type of false sense of security. I'm looking at the wins. I'm looking at the, the things he's doing right now. Cause he's rolling and he's tough and he's, he's, I mean, this is a guy he's second tied for second in all time wins mm -hmm. at welterweight. You know, that, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the wins, not the losses. So I got a tall, <laughs> no pun intended. I got a tall order ahead of me. <laughs> uh, like we mentioned, he's a guy that he, a real cardio machine. You're like, how do you see this fight playing? Cause to me, this fight could go so many different ways. I think that's why this fight is so intriguing. Yeah. I mean, this, there's, there's, it's tough to really predict this fight. I mean, I mean, I think most people would say, like, this fight's going to go the distance or, or or something of that sort. But I think that – I think Neil 
I think Neil wants to have an impressive win over me and as, as I do against him. And I'm, you know, I'm always looking to try to have the shortest night at the office as possible. I mean, it, the sooner you get him out, the better. Um, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I know how to take calculated risks to, to make that happen. So I'm not going to go out there and, and fight him blindly and try to get him out of there and, and end up shooting my wad and let him do what he does best. And that's take over the fight with his pace. So I'll fight him accordingly. Um, but I think it's going to be a tough fight for both of us. I know every fight's important, but is there a bit more added to this one just because the main event you haven't fought in over a year? Just to kind of remind the welterweight division and everyone that you're still a legit top five contender? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the main event's really the most important thing. All eyes are on you, and when you get a win in the main event, you get that time. The most important time in a fight is when you get that microphone after you win. And when you get that opportunity um, after a main event, you can really – you, you can call for a big fight and a lot of times you can get it. So uh, it's really important that I win in this main event. And I, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's important. And, and it, you know, it, it, maybe people have forgotten about me. So be it. I, I know I'm still here and I'm very much in this sport. And just because you guys haven't seen me in here doesn't mean I haven't been improving and I haven't been broadening my skill set. But I definitely got to, I'm not out here to remind anybody of anything. I'm just out here to get back on the horse, get a win, start gunning towards the title again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to end this year as, as number one contender at welterweight. Well, if you get on the mic, one fight I'd like to see you get back in there is a fight you had in 2013, that rematch with Mazadal. I think it went over Magny. I, I think it makes a lot of sense in the division. That division needs to get rolling. You and Mazadal would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and it'd be a hell of a fight. I mean, a lot of people don't even know that I fought Jorge Mazadal. And I think it's because maybe it flies under the radar because he's like, he, he looked totally different back then. Who knows? But. Yeah, I think the world of him, he's an awesome guy. Would love to compete against him again, especially given the, the name that he has now and what he brings to the table. I mean, uh, that'd be great for my career. But, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm my, I am laser-focused on Neil Magny right now. I'm not thinking about any other fighters. There is no outside noise right now. It's been Neil Magny this whole camp. And, uh, you know what, I'm going to shoot from the hip when I get my opportunity. I usually have a name kind of floating in the back of my mind, but when I get that microphone – I'm going off pure instinct, so who knows who I'll say? Who? I don't even know. It should be, it should be a surprise for everybody, including myself. You obviously do the desk work, which is big, but part of that desk work, you were able to go to Fight Island. How big was that for to just prepare for this fight, knowing what the flights like, knowing what the quarantines like, knowing what all that stuff is like? It's been great. You know, it's. Uh, I wouldn't say it's advantageous, but it's. Because uh, I mean, Neil's a guy. He's been very active this year. He fought. He didn't go to Fight Island, but he fought three times here in Las Vegas. So he kind of understands what it entails. But um, it's nice to just know what I'm getting into. It's nice to know, like, I'm going to have this long flight. I got these quarantines. I got things of that sort. So it's good to have that ace in my pocket. And um, you know, and that's the other thing too is being an analyst it's been great for my career. I mean, I'm able, most of the time I'm always watching fights, like putting myself in those fights. Like, Oh, I watch, you know, I watch a guy in my division. I'm only thinking about how I match up against them. I'm never really breaking them down for just what they are. You know, I'm always breaking down fights, like how I match up with him, how I match up with him, how I match up with him. Where now I'm watching fights. I'm just breaking fighters down. Like objectively, I'm not putting any matchup together. I'm like, Oh wow, he's good at this. He's good at that. And it's like, it's given me this, this, this new broadened mindset of I can break fighters down better. I can break down their skills. I'm able to read body languages and stuff. And uh, it's made me more cerebral. So it's the time that I had off when I had the injury and the pandemic and stuff, getting the opportunity 
to be an analyst for nine shows last year, it really sharpened my mind for the sport. So, and the mind is, I mean, the fights are 99% mental and, and that goes for training, that goes for competition, that goes for everything. So having the opportunity to broaden one of the most important attributes of a fighter during this time has been vital. So yeah, that's been great. You were in the lightweight division. You saw that it kind of got just stagnant at the top. You moved up to welterweight. How refreshing has it been? Because like we talked about, this division just kind of became stagnant last year where none of the top guys were really fighting. Um, I mean, it's always going to kind of be like that in a division, in a lot of these weight, in these weight classes where there's a lot of talent. There's not a ton of movement at the top, and that just it's hard to prevent that. You know what I mean? Um, it's refreshing having a guy like Izzy. He's been He's been fairly active. Um, it's refreshing having guys at the top, you know, maintaining some movement, but I know that that's on the UFC's that's, that's, it's, it's, it's been brought to my attention by people within the UFC that, that, that is one of their main focuses this year is keeping the 170 pound division moving. And I think it's going to make for a lot of exciting fights and it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for me to achieve my goals. And, you know, my ultimate goal is in 2021 as a number one contender or be in a number one contender fight by the time this year ends. So it's good to know that they, that they have that in mind to get this division moving. Cause it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for us guys in the top 15. The card's going to be uh, like local time. Cause there's going to be fans. Like, how do you train for that? Cause the main card starts at like noon Eastern, like 9am Pacific. So you're going to be fighting at like some, uh, a time you're not really normally used to fighting. Actually, you know, it's funny. My, one of my last training sessions before I left Spokane was at like 11 at night. And I'm going to be competing and when it's over there. It's going to be nine. It's a nine. It starts at 9 a.m. West Coast time. So it's a 12 hour difference. So I'll, I'll be fighting by like 1130 at night. So there's not going to be, you know, I, I thought it was going to be like two or two thirty in the morning. That's what somebody had told me. Not now finding out the main card starts at 9 p.m. over there. Um, and there's nothing to change. You know what I mean? It's just maybe wake up a little later that day, but there's not going to be any naps. There's not going to be any special treatment your special approach i'm gonna go out and fight this guy you know what i mean like you can't it, it, there's not there's not too much to it i'd rather have it be this way too i'd rather fight this is like the perfect time to compete i'm you're not going to get prime time over there you know it's going to be something weird so i feel like this is the best option i could possibly have so i'm excited for it what will it be like i know there's not many fans but there's going to be some just to have a few fans you can hear the noise and all that for your fight uh yeah i'm pretty you know when i'm in when it, when it gets to competing i don't really I don't really – I mean, the crowd is great. I love fighting for the fans. I love the energy they bring. It's like they're the fans are what – they bring such a special added element when it comes to competing. You know, you can feel – when something big is happening in a fight, you can feel them yelling on your skin physically. Like, it's such a great thing to have. But I've fought in environments without fans. You know, I was on the Ultimate Fighter for three months. Yeah. Uh, it'll be cool to have some fans there. But I'm really just – right now, I'm just focused on the fight. I'm not – super focused on anything outside of that i'm not focused on other fighters fans no fans flights start times end times anything i'm like i'm just focused on neil magnum just focus on the 25 minutes or less that i have to spend in an octagon with neil magnum uh just two more things obviously you only got one fight last year so this is part of the goal just get this one and try to remain active like fight in a couple months later um stay active yeah i'd like to i got a few things coming up in uh, some something, I have uh, some commentary stuff coming up. Um, most most likely with LFA and some other things of that sort. But I do want to stay active. I'd like to, you know, fight, bearing my health, get in there in, in June or July, 
and then get back in there by the end of the year. I, I like that. I like three fights in a year, and I like to have a little time, a little time after recover, 12 weeks to train, fight, break, 12 weeks, this, so on and so forth, you know. So, you know, and, and, and I got to remember now, I'm, I'm juggling two jobs now. You know, I'm very, I'm taking my broadcasting career very serious. It doesn't conflict with my training at all. It's really good for me. It's it's healthy for me. It helps me. Like I said, I'm sharpening my mind when I'm doing these things. So um, I like being busy. So, it, I, you know, I, I want three fights. I want to be busy next year. It's going to be good. And last thing, as a Canadian, I have to ask this. You're out in Abu Dhabi partying with the Nelk boys. What was that like? <laughs> man, cool guys. Steve's the man. Steve's the man. Um, and I love Canadians. I mean, shoot, it kills me that I can't come to Canada right now. Like, you know me, I'm an avid snowboarder. I love going to Banff. Um, yeah, I love Canada. So it, it sucks not being able to go there, but it's cool. Uh, the Nelk boys are cool, good people. Uh, I'm just, you know, off topic. I'm just excited for the borders to open up because the Canadian Rockies are calling my name when this fight gets over. And uh, I'm trying to jump through some hoops to get there. I think you can chug a bottle like Steve? Nah, no, man. There, I mean, maybe when I was 20, you know, when I was around his age, there was a chance I could have maybe, maybe not as fast, maybe could have done it, maybe not, but nah, I'm too old for that, man. <laughs> too old for that. I can't, you know, what, how could your body absorb a liver punch at 33 yeah. if I took the bottle of whiskey? You know what I mean? There's got to be some like long lasting residual effects of that. So I'm not trying to deal with that. Well, Michael, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Honestly. All right. We're joined by UFC lightweight Matt Frivola, who's got a big fight coming up. Matt, man, how's it going? Going good, man. Just uh, training camp's going good and, uh, you know, fin putting the finishing touches on it now. Ready to do this. Uh, before you get into your fight, talk about what was it like when you found out you're going to be on this card? Because anytime you're on a McGregor card, you know there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. Oh, yeah, man. It was huge. And uh, especially after, you know, the 2020, I had uh, two fights canceled due to COVID. And then I had one fight canceled because I got hurt. Um, I was I was definitely uh, I was uh, I was down, but not out. And, and I never stopped training. And, and then, uh, you know, once I found this, you know, found out this card was going down in January, you know, I, I soon hit up my manager and told him this was the card we wanted to get on. And we kind of I started training for it and uh, we manifested it and then we got it. Uh, how frustrating was last year for you? Because 2019, you had two big wins, two upset wins over some like the top prospects that I thought of lightweight and then not be able to fight for you and not be able to build off that. How frustrating was that? Yeah, it was pretty, uh, it was definitely frustrating. That's a good, good word to put it. But, uh, you know, the whole 2020 was a rough year for everybody. And, uh, I, I really never stopped training, which was one good thing. You know, uh, I was, I continuously trained and kept, uh, uh leveling up and, and improving in my craft. And, uh, I just didn't get to put it on display for the world. Um, but now, you know, I kept the faith. I kept, kept training i knew i knew my opportunity would come and now we got an even bigger opportunity and you were supposed to fight roosevelt roberts that's a guy that's wanted to fight you because you beat his friend at jayla turner after he lost to kevin croom was that basically fight out the window and you were looking for a new opponent yeah yeah you know i definitely see uh me and rosie fighting down the line but he's gotta he's gotta keep winning
you're fighting one of these top prospects again not man as a lot of people are hyped up about him undefeated like was this guy you had your on was this who the ufc offered you definitely had my eye on him uh i, w- I was watching that that comma worthy fight with him and Ottman and comma and and i watched that and uh saw he was undefeated and and you know th- those are the kind of things that really excite me you know guys undefeated all those first round knockouts uh, another hype train that i can derail um you know it all it, it all really excited me you look down his record it, like you mentioned a lot of majority of his wins are first round knockout he's only been the distance once this fight you think get out of that first round and then you can really start taking over yeah you know definitely i think that this guy hasn't been tested like i'm gonna test him and uh that's what i do you know i, I take people and i drag them into deep water and then i drown them and uh that's what i plan to do do to him how do you see this fight playing out? Because like we mentioned, oh, I'm an undefeated. Like we've never really seen him in the UFC past that first round. You know, I, I think it's it's going to be a real exciting fight. You know, I know he's going to come out hot, uh, come out with a lot of a lot of punches. You know, a lot of heavy heavy shots, and I'm prepared for it. Um, and uh, I'd just say, you know, don't blink. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great fight. Betting underdog again. Why do you think you keep on being the underdog? This is you. Haven't been the favorite since you fought Polo Reyes. Yeah, I love it. I love being the underdog, uh, and uh, I love you know proving the doubters wrong and uh, and showing uh, my growth as as a martial artist and uh, and going out there and doing what I do. You know, every time I step into that octagon, I you know it's an exciting fight, and uh, and uh, I plan on going out there and doing the same thing. Are you surprised you've never fought Lando Venat again? Because I thought that after that fight was a draw, they would try to run that back. Yeah, you know, I've wanted, I want to run that back. We definitely got uh, some unfinished uh, business, and uh, again, you know, as long as he keeps winning, I definitely see us uh, running it back and uh, and settling the score. Uh, are you excited to be heading out to fight Allen, or do you wish it was in Vegas? Oh, I'm so excited! You know, as as soon as they started. Uh, you know, talking about Fight Island, uh, I got like some serious Mortal Kombat vibes, and uh, you know, I love that. And uh, I wanted, I love to travel. I love to, you know, fight and travel and and learn different cultures, and uh, get gain new experiences. And uh, I wanted to, I wanted this to be on Fight Island, and and we got it. Uh, I'm not sure you know, but do you know your card is having fans in the building as well? I actually just saw that. I just saw uh, that, uh, uh, and uh, as soon as my brother sent me that, and then I, I seen it, I, I I hit up my manager and said, "My brother, and my dad want to come, so <laughs> so hopefully they let them come. That would be that would be cool." With Azatar, like he just has that legit one punch dog power, but you're a guy that. Uh, with Polo Reyes, he just kind of caught you, but you've had a good chin. Like uh, everyone since it has hit you, like how confident or do you think people are going to overlook that? And just be like, Oh, he got knocked out of Polo Reyes. This guy's just going to steamroll him. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are going to think, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to be uh, proved wrong and uh, they're going to make my buddy some money. You're of an underrated grappling game. How important do you think that's going to be in this fight? Cause obviously Altman's going to want to keep this fight standing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I love mixing it up. You know, it's mixed martial arts. And one of the things I, I do best is uh, mixing up all the aspects of fighting between the Muay Thai, the boxing, the wrestling, the jiu-jitsu. 
that's what that's what I love to do, and that's what comes most natural to me. So that's definitely what I plan on doing. What do you think a win over him does for you? Uh, does for you because he's undefeated, has a lot of hype. Like this win, if you hand him his first loss, I think that's gonna add a lot of hype to your name. Oh no doubt, you know uh, it's a it's a huge fight on a huge card. A lot of eyes on are gonna be watching, and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm prepared and I'm ready to go in there and uh, make the most out of this opportunity. Uh, the one thing about Fight Island though is you're gonna be fighting out like some weird times. You're gonna be fighting early in the morning over there. How do you uh, deal with that? Like, do you just switch up your training camps now to, to train at different times? Uh, not yet. Uh, right now, you know, I'm still kind of doing my same schedule, but, uh, the UFC actually just sent me, uh, like a recommendation to adjust while I'm over there. And, uh, it's looking like, I, I think I'll probably be fighting at like 5:30 AM, uh, Abu Dhabi time. So I'm thinking I just gotta, I sleep during the day and stay up all night. I'll probably sleep from like, from like, uh, 7am to like 3pm and then I'll be up all night just get get on that schedule as, as long as i work out at the at the time of you know around time i'm fighting you know i, I mean either way i'll be good uh, yeah because i guess it's it's still catered to the north american audience the pay-per-view always starts like 10 eastern so is the whole thing just try to stay on american time don't even bother switching over to their time yeah pretty much pretty much that and long flight too. Like, do you? How do you manage that weight cut? Because I talked to a bunch of fighters. They said they always try to be a bit lower heading into that foot, uh, heading into the flight. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, added obstacles with this fight. Uh, you know, being in Abu Dhabi, but you know, I love it. I, you know, every even the more obstacles, you know, the better. It just makes the victory that much sweeter. And uh, I'll be prepared for all of it. And. I'm always I'm always trying to keep keep my weight low, so that's nothing different. How important is this win? Just to kind of remind everyone, you're still a real threat of the life weight division because you didn't fight at all last year. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a big deal. But you know, every every fight, every next fight is the biggest fight. So uh, that's that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Uh, your guy doesn't call a lot of people. A lot of people call out you. Do you think a win over Ottman, you finally get on that mic and call someone out? Yeah, we'll see, you know, got to see how I'm feeling at the time, you know. <laughs> and it's obviously a long flight out there. Do you got anything you're bringing with you to pass the time? Uh, I, nothing, nothing really. I mean, I got a couple books that I never read that I should, pro I'll try to read, you know, but uh, listen to podcasts. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I've been like watching the, uh, you know, people going out there to Fight Island and, I know some of them get like the nice first class where they can like lay down and extend the, you know, their, their feet. Like, so hopefully I get a good seat like that. Your teammate, one of your close friends, Billy Quarantillo just lost. What, what'd you make of his performance? Cause that was one of the best fights on that card. Yeah. You know, that, that, it was a great fight and it was a real uh, good, like growing and learning fight for Billy. You know, he, he got out of that fight with no serious injuries. So that's always good. And uh, you know, he's, gaining experience and uh he's been on a tear and that gavin tucker definitely did his homework and prepared but uh i think in the end of the day uh billy will just be way better from that loss and uh i'm excited for him to uh, be able to show that is he coming up to fight island or who's coming out there with you he is uh billy q is gonna be there you know my my beat up dummy that i can beat up the whole fight week and then uh i got my uh, head coach and manager matt arroyo coming up and uh, my Muay Thai coach, Dan Rawlings. Uh, 
do you and Billy ever want to compete on a card together? Yeah, you know, we we came up fighting uh, amateur on the same card. You know, we fought so many times on the same card coming up. So uh, being you know fighting in the UFC on the same card would definitely definitely be cool. How big is training with Billy Q? Because that guy literally does not get tired. Like I bet you he pushes you quite a bit. What helps your cardio out? Yeah, yeah, he definitely he's a he's a freak when it comes to that. Some some guys are just like that. You know, I always describe Billy Q. Uh, you know, you put him on the, in the pool, you put him sprints. You know, you put him in on the bike, you put him on anything, and I'll smoke him. You know, I'll I'll smoke him in in anything really. But and then uh, he, when we're sparring. He'll just go rounds after rounds after rounds after rounds. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, how is that? You know, but that cardio is just as mental as it is physical. And I think that being comfortable, uh, being tired, you know, being comfortable, tired is uh, what makes people have good cardio. You know, everyone's going to get tired, but you have to be comfortable being there. And uh, I learned that from Billy Q. And that's how that's how I got my cardio. And just last thing, like how big will that cardio be for you in this fight? Oh, it'll definitely be big. You know, uh, if I don't finish him in the first round, uh, you know, I could definitely see him fading as the fight goes with, with, uh, what I'm going to do to him and, uh, you know, finishing him late. Well, actually just one more thing is cause you didn't fight last year. Everything goes your way. Like how quickly would you want to turn this thing around? Cause I, I bet you want to be pretty active this year. Yeah, definitely. You know, go out there, handle business, no injuries. I want to uh, get right back to it and uh, turn around as soon as possible. You know, I'm getting married in uh, September of this year. So, you know, definitely want to get at least two fights in before that. And get a couple bonuses, too, to help pay for it. Exactly. That sounds about right. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, shout out to BJ Penn, you know. He was the, the first, that was actually the first book I've ever read, like on my own, like enjoyed a book it was the BJ Penn, why I fight back in the day. So I've always been a huge BJ Penn fan since then. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much, man. Uh, all right, we're joined by, with Roxanne Modafferi. Roxanne, how's it going? Fantastic. Just got, got, got done training. Oh, that's good. I'm um, heading out to Abu Dhabi. Are you looking forward to that or do you wish it was back in Vegas? Because I know for you fighting in Vegas, it's a little quick little drive. Exactly. I live like 20 minutes from the Apex, so I for sure wish it were in Vegas, but it can't be helped. I'm happy to be in the UFC and get a fight. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen the plane rides, like you're riding like first class and all that. Will that be your first time doing that? What? You haven't Woo! seen them? Yeah, you get like a nice little thing, like a whole bed and everything. It's nice. Dang, I didn't know. Cool. All right. Well, they better. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh really good win last time out against Andrea Lee. That, that was the second time you fought her. What do you take away from that? Because that you guys were two completely different fighters that fight compared to when you fought way back when. Yeah, I actually think that we were very, you know, similar, but we both got better in every aspect and it was, it kind of showed like we, or both of our striking was better and both of our grappling was better and the game plan was similar, but I'm happy to get the win. Oops. And you're fighting on a Wednesday. Is that going to be weird for you? Probably, but I have a feeling I'll be so jet lagged and confused as to what day it is. It's not going to really matter. <laughs> and Vivian Arujo, is that someone you had your eye on? Or is this just kind of who the UFC offered you? It's I fight whoever they offer me, but frankly, I'm just excited. I'm not having another rematch. It's like yeah. yes, it's somebody new. I think I've had like nine rematches in my career or something. 
Yeah, do you, do you get a bit more excited fighting someone new, like having to do all that new yes. research and stuff, not having yes. to, oh, I have to go and fight them. I didn't really thing. think about it but until I had to fight Andrea Lee again. I'm like, boy, she got better. It would be great if I didn't fight her again. And here you go, have fight her again. I'm like, all right. So now I'm happy, you know, it's somebody new. And Vivian Arugia is one of these girls that's been on a bit of a winning streak. Had some hype. She obviously lost just guy, but then good win against Della Rosa. What have you taken away from her past couple of performances at flyweight? Man, she looks really sharp and quick and ninja-like with her attacks. So I have to be ready for my own, uh, my own, with my own techniques and counters. And you obviously, everyone knows your jiu-jitsu is a strong point. Your striking has gotten miles better too. So is this a fight you think you're comfortable everywhere? Because it, you and Arujo to me are very similar where if it hits the ground, both of you guys are really good. But both of you guys have underrated striking. Yeah, wherever, wherever it goes, I shall implement my game plan. How do you see it playing out, though? Bonk, crash, tap. Yeah, your hand yeah. raised at the end. Exactly. That's all that matters. And you know I always bring up the betting odds with you. Did you see the odds for your fight? Oh, I didn't. Please tell me what they are. Well, what do you think you are? Uh, probably an underdog. I'll say plus 300. Oh, plus 265. Dang, I'm close. Go You're always the underdog when we talk. Heck yeah. Please bet and make money off of me. And has this uh, camp still always been at Syndicate for this one? Oh, yeah. But what's it like we're in there? Because there's been a lot more girls coming into Syndicate as well. It's been some good luck for you. You know what? <laughs> um, it's so great to have a lot of female training partners. You know, um, just the weight distribution of the body types is different than dudes. Um However, all the girls try to kill each other in the in the gym. <laughs> Not really. Some do, some don't. But, you know, it's it's nice to have a lot of female training partners. I like to mix it up with the guys as well. Just all around to have a great team. A lot of girls and guys of all weight classes, um, of all different skills. So it's it's just great. I think it's so awesome. A lot of good coaches, you know, John Wood, the head coach. Lately, I've been working with guns, um, wrestling, um, jujitsu, Jerry Shapiro, um, Let's see. Uh, Lorenzo is my strength and conditioning coach. Awesome. Mike Pyle's awesome. Just it's such a great team. You're still ranked in the top ten, but Rujo's ranked one spot below you. Do you hope a win here? You finally get that push up instead of fighting all these up and comers. To the top. Let's go. And the flyweight title fight happened recently. What did you make of Shevchenko's win? I was like traveling. I didn't get to see it, so I don't know. I heard it was a great fight. And someone I wanted to talk to you about is uh, when your teammates Jordan Levitt picked up his UFC win. What did you think of that? Picked up his win? Was that a was that a yeah. under there? Very good, very good. Um, yeah, I'm just so happy for him. He's such a crazy. He has such a crazy style. You know, very um, interesting style. It's like unbeatable on the ground in the gym. You know, so I'm happy to see him go out there and get his UFC debut and win. And um, I think we were made into a meme. I'm super excited because we took a, the picture heel hooking each other like, yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. He's cool. Can't, you guys should uh, tune in to see him fight. Also, Natan Levy's a ninja. So Yeah, what have those guys been? Because uh, they're obviously really good uh, on the ground as well. How important have those looks been? You mean training with them? Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Really good. We're all a happy team. Yeah. And... Obviously, heading out to Abu Dhabi, you have to do all that quarantine. Are you going to be bringing anything with you to just pass the time by? Uh, that's a great question. Um, the go coaches were talking about video games. 
cool. Maybe uh, I'll see if I can upload some some stuff on my iPad or whatever. Um, books, maybe I if I can have Wi-Fi, I'll watch all the anime. Yeah, that, that, that's a long plane ride too. That that would have to be a bit boring after a while. Oh, books! Like, man, I can only have. I love reading, but I only have, seem to have time on airplanes because the internet is so distracting. Watch me, yeah. watch me. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to getting through some books. I have I love fantasy books, and I also have um, I read child psychology books to help me coach kids' jujitsu classes. So I have one of those. Also, anti-bullying. You know, so I'm I got one of those to read. Oh, I didn't know you were coaching. Yeah, I teach kids jujitsu, and it's you know it's great to have psychology to you know teach them to be good people. I got the young group, the five, six, and seven year olds, so I take take it very seriously. Do any of them really know who you are, or what what you do, or are they it's just uh, a teacher to them? Well, now they do. When I fight, they watch me fight, and I've had I've been sent videos by some of the parents where they like Captain at the TV. It's so cute. I'm like, oh, I'll try to do jujitsu for them. I'm like, oh. Cover their eyes with the elbow when the elbows yeah. like please show them the takedowns. Uh, fighting in January again. Last time you fought last January, you obviously picked up a big win. Hoping to just keep that momentum going. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And just a few more things. Obviously, flyweight division's wide open. There's no real next contender. There's like Lauren Murphy's right there. Uh just Guys, Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy deserves the next title shot. Thank you for mentioning her name. She has like four wins or something ridiculous five in a row. She needs the title shot. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what everyone else's problem is, but she needs the title shot. I think she deserves it too. She's done more. She's Thank done you. like Jessica Andrade, obviously a good win over Chikagian, but that's one and zero. Oh, and Jojo really should have had the next title. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to get in trouble, but she should have had it. Um, she had some wins in a row, you know, Lauren Murphy. So I hope it's like Lauren and then Jojo. Yeah, and I guess uh, Jojo's fighting right near you. So how has that been? You guys are kind of aiming for that same date. I hate it. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I mean, I want to, I actually have another best friend who's fighting like that same time. And like, I want to focus on myself, but I also feel like I need to help them train for, my, for their fights too. So it sucks, but we'll just get through it. it I'm surprised because I've talked to a lot of people and they like when their teammates are on just because it's the training's all peaked. You would prefer to like you fight in January, someone fights in March, all that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And just last thing, like with a win here, like how quickly you want to turn this around? Because you're someone that you, you like to be active, but you don't like how, when's the ideal time frame if you get your hand raised? Bring it on, whatever, next weekend. <laughs> yeah, you're someone that likes to uh, get active. It just seems the UFC doesn't keep you as active as you'd want. Before, no, I was like begging and they only gave me like two a year. But now I feel like with the whole COVID thing, they're really trying to push a lot of cards through. So I've been getting a lot of offers. It's cool. Super happy. Actually, just one more thing. You've been doing a couple of grappling events. What has that been like? Because I saw you did one in, what, October, November you did one? Yeah, it's so awesome. I, I really want to do that more. You know, um, I just recognize the UFC takes priority. But, excuse me, that was really cool. That was actually my first event as a black belt to compete. And, um, oh, that, that, okay, that forced me into the world of leg locks that I've been <laughs> procrastinating on going into because I don't really like, I hate leg locks. <laughs> um, so I basically fought, I was offered and I accepted knowingly and I fought the best like female leg locker in America. And I basically like took a private, like several private lessons every week to prepare for that. And I lasted nine minutes out of 10 against her. She finally caught me in the last like 30 seconds with a toe hold, but I was pretty happy. I def defended all that, but from here on out, anywhere it goes, I'll be ready. All right, well, Roxanne, thank you so much for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you.